sintonizando desde el túnel del Chapo por todo el mundo. It's your boy Chingo Bling. Before we get started, I want to let all my people know, Brea, California, we're doing the improv March 2nd. We're in Memphis, Tennessee, March 5th. Birmingham, Alabama, March 7th. Huntsville, Alabama, March 8th. Nashville, Tennessee, March 9th. And so many more cities coming up. But right now, let's get to the show, man. We got my boy Demacio Page, MMA fighter. He's representing Albuquerque, New Mexico. He tells us how to develop a habit in 30 days. Talks about his upbringing, uh, his discipline, how he trains, how he preps for a fight. So many things, so many stories, how he got into wrestling and MMA. I hope y'all enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, Demacio Page. Yo, yo, yo. Shout out to everybody tuning in, man. Right now, it's a very special show. My buddy, we met back in Albuquerque. Man, how many years ago when we did that little reality thing? Man, years back, probably About six, seven, oh eight. Yeah, I think it was 08, 09. Yeah, when we first met. Yeah, so uh, Crisco Kid and uh, some other cats were involved with this uh, like reality. It was a, <clears throat> it was like two worlds collide. It was like hip hop. They'd have like Trey the Truth was on the episode that I was supposed to be on, and then they would pair us up with MMA, actual MMA, UFC dudes, and uh, it was crazy. <laughs> Let me just tell this story. So I forget the uh, the producer director's name. But uh, before he even showed up, we have Demacio Page here. Before Demacio even showed up, he's like, hey, man, this dude's a beast, man. Uh, man, have you watched footage of his last thing? He flipped a dude, one arm, and blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, okay, word. And then uh, Demacio's like, all right, man. You know, they cut the cameras on. Demacio's like, all right, man, um, we're going to do some basic stuff. We Some warm-ups. We did burpees. Yeah. I'm we, already we, winded. I, I was, like, teaching him, like, it wasn't really teaching him anything cool. It was just like prison workout. I was like, I'm going to see what he can do with the yeah, prison we, workout. We did some like shoulder circles, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then they're like, all right, let's get in the ring. I was like, okay, well, don't I need to learn first? <laughs> so I don't know if this was like premeditated or preplanned, but um, but but the producer dude like definitely got in my head, like threw me off. We're like, yeah, man, this dude, he's a monster, dog. Like, we tell him to stop. And he, he don't listen, dog, so just, just watch out. <laughs> and then I don't know if he told Demacio, like, hey, man, just charge him. Like, you about to kill him. But I was like, hey, hold on, what we doing? What we doing? <laughs> this dude came straight at me. I was like, nah, man, it's because I'm on papers right now. I got warrants, fool. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to hit a professional fighter. You know, I want to get sued and shit. Man, I wonder where that, uh, that footage is at. I don't know, but, I mean, it, it, the project, it never came out. That happens. That happens all the time. Like some stuff that I uh, did in January, like got canned with this this other company or whatever. But uh, stuff like that happens all the time. But yeah, man, it, it was pre- it was pretty professional and it was cool. And uh, that's where I first hooked up with Demacio. And uh, every time I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which isn't often enough, I need to get out there. Uh, I need to find a venue so we could do a comedy show. Um, but yeah, every time I'm out there, man. Last time I saw you, I went and had Bob's Burgers. Yeah. The, the, I, I, we have a spot out there that's famous for us for their uh, green chili. taco burgers. Yeah. And then green chili. That's what New Mexico's known for. We're known for our chili. So everybody thinks, oh, yeah, we can get some chili. You know, it's not Hormel's beef and red chili sauce. This is like real chili. Super, like super, roasted. Yeah, green. roasted. What are those cooked. peppers called? Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're just hatch. a hatch green chili, hatch uh-huh. red chili. It's just the, the area like southern New Mexico where they grow it. Uh-huh. So it's got the name, hatch, because yeah. that's where it's grown. It's super hot. Yeah, you got different ones. You got like hot, extra hot, extreme hot, burn your face off hot. Yeah. Uh, they, so they they almost like kind of like crossbreed them, right? Almost oh, like, yeah. Like weed. oh, yeah. Oh, like <laughs> weed, yeah. Like pit bulls and weed. Yeah, you know, they're doing hydroponic stuff on it. You know what I'm saying? Making Little strains. different strands yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, man. So welcome to Houston, man. Uh, 
we kicked it last time you were here. That was about what? About a year ago? Six months? Mm, but I don't know. Yeah, probably about six months probably a year. Eight, Every eight time months. I come out here, I try to hang out with the big homie Chingo. You know what I'm the, saying? The little big homie, little Draco. Yeah, you know, it's uh, good people. <laughs> He's good people. Uh, good person to know. And it's just, you know, it's a... It's, uh, it's a friendship I like to keep bridged, you know. He's just a good person, so it's I like coming out here. I like touching base with Chingo and hanging out with him every time so, I'm here. So you doing it? You landed yesterday. You doing any training or anything while you're out here? No, or? I'm out here trying to do business. Actually, uh, I'm doing a business venture with my buddy Tony. He's uh, hanging out with me right now. Uh, we're trying to get uh, find some local fires and stuff like that. Try to get something going, you know. Like I said, I'm from New Mexico. I'm from one of the biggest camps, uh-huh. one of the best camps in the world, Great Jackson's MMA and Week. Yep. And uh, you know, I, I'm, I need to do my own match. I'm an older man now. I'm going to be 35. Can't fight my whole life. Uh-huh. If I could, I would. But I need to do other business ventures, you know? Yeah. And, and I have my hands on, on good people out here. I know a lot of people got a lot of good connections. And, and I've been wanting to move to Houston for a long time. So this is a perfect opportunity for me to come out here. Yeah, it's a great city, man. Uh, we love to have you. Uh, we have a lot in common with New Mexico and Albuquerque, like, you know, people. I mean, there's there's differences, but at the same time, like... You know, it, it's very similar. You know, it's it's puro gente, a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of, lot of Hispanics out there, Mexicans. Um, you know, it's predominantly 60% of our population is Hispanic. So. And a lot of people claim to be Spanish, too, right? Some they folks. do. They, they, you know what I'm saying? I, and I laugh, you know. Um, so they're not mixed at all? They're just straight from Spain? They think so. Like conquistador some, blood. Some, some do, yeah. Well, up north, the Norteños, yeah, uh-huh. because they're, they're still very light skin, green eyes, curly hair, stuff like that. But they're but, still kind of like hood. They're kind of oh, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Like, and I, but I laugh at some guys. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm 100% Spaniard. And I'm like, you look like you're Indian. Native American. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you're not 100%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, I, I, you know, that's where I'm at, too. You know, I have a lot of Spaniard blood. I have a lot of French blood. I have a lot of uh, native blood, too, in my in my system, you know? So I'm like, you look at me, I'm like, you ain't Spaniard. I look like an Indian almost. <laughs> yeah, you look, yeah, you look Mexican. Light-skinned yeah. Indian. Yeah, Mexican. Uh, so so the last name, Paige, man, how did that come about? Dude, uh, I'm actually doing my family tree. Uh-huh. And so... Uh, on, uh, what's that? Uh, FamilyTree.com? Uh, yeah, or? no, no, Ancestry. I'm doing oh, Ancestry. Yeah? I've been doing it for a few months already. And so I have a great, great, great grandpa named Charles Lewis Page that was born in in uh boston massachusetts wow and he, he moved back he moved down here uh, to new mexico in like 1860 something you, you ever wonder you ever like this thought has crossed my mind like you ever sit and think like five generations from now like you know you have kids no i don't have no kids yet so so imagine uh imagine like great your great great grandchildren like once we're all gone right yeah like what are they gonna be like look like what are they gonna do you know? Yeah, I, I think of that all the time. You know, how, like how races interchange, how, you know, the the modern person is going to look. You know, it's like, are we all going to look the same? Are everybody's going to be tan, bro. Everybody's going to be tan, curly <laughs> hair, green eyes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it was crazy, though, because though, my great, great, great grandpa came down from Boston in like 1866, had my great grandpa. He, he married this uh, Mexican lady named Trinidad. Trin- uh, and her, I, can't, I don't know her last name, but her name was Trinidad. Uh, Page and she gave birth to the first Arbano Page, mm-hmm. and so it went down the line. Page, 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 Page. page, page, page. page. Yeah. But every every one of my grandpas married a Mexican lady. Yeah, and so my dad's actually Arbano the fourth. Uh-huh. They were gonna name me Arbano the fifth, but my mom was like, "Hell no!" Wow, yeah, <laughs> that's like me. I'm the third. 
Yeah. And my dad wants me to keep it going if I have a son. Yeah. And I say, hey, man, we're not iPhones. It's not going to be seven, eight of yeah, us right? walking around. Pedro, or, or you Pedro, could be Pedro. like George Foreman, just have them all in George one. the first, second, third. Oh, yeah, he's got like seven. Hey. And then he got like a girl named Georgina, Georgia, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he went too hard with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, cuatro, five, six, where are you going? <laughs> so, uh, so, so I've, I've heard the story before, but um, for all our listeners, uh, it's a cool story. Like, Tell everybody, like, what was happening with you in high school to where somehow you got involved with, like, wrestling. You know what? Um, just like any other inner-city kid, you know, um, my parents divorced when I was about five or six years old. Don't get me wrong. I had good parents. They, they had the good values, good qualities of each other. But I was five, six years old when they, when they divorced. And, you know, I grew up in the hood of Albuquerque, so... Naturally, Which is on Cops all the time. All the time. To watch Cops. You watch know, Breaking Bad. Yeah. There you go. And so, um, naturally, you know, I just got in trouble a lot, you know. Uh, mom was working two jobs, trying to pay the household. Uh, she wouldn't come home until about 7, 8 o'clock at night because she was working two jobs, you know. Back in the day, you didn't have cell phones. You couldn't call anybody. So, it was like, who am I going to hang out with? Yeah. I was hanging out with the older guys on the block. Uh-huh. And so, they're already doing pedal, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm learning off of them. And uh, I got in trouble for a while. Then they sent me off to... To live with my dad for a couple of years, then I moved back to Albuquerque. What was that like living with your dad? Uh, kind of the same situation. You know, my dad worked in Los Alamos, a very high facility, so he was nine to five in, in Los Alamos, about two and a half hours away from where we're living. Mm-hmm. And so he would leave at five o'clock in the morning, wouldn't get home till seven o'clock in the afternoon. So again, yeah, what am I doing around the neighborhood? Yeah, just doing what I'm doing, waiting for him to come home. And um. Basically, I was just getting in a lot of trouble, making the wrong decisions, doing dumb stuff. Me and my cousin, of course, into gangs. Um, ended up uh, getting into trouble, and I was in the office, and one of the wrestling coach comes in, and he's like, what are you doing? He's all, I was like, man, I'm in trouble. And he goes, what's your last name? I go, Paige. He goes, Paige, 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 Paige. He goes, do you have a sister by any chance? I go, yeah, her name's Nicole. She's like, oh, yeah, I know your sister. She's be one of my students. He's all, what are you doing in here? I'm like, I'm in trouble. He's like, for what? I go, I don't know. They're probably going to expel me this time. He's like, hold on. Goes in, talks to the principal, comes back. He's like, hey, I got good news and I got bad news. I'm like, well, what's the bad news? He's like, well, you're only suspended for two weeks. And if you get in trouble more time, you're out of school. Go, what's the good news? He's like, you get to rest for me now. I was like, all right. I was already getting into fights all the time, doing dumb gang shit. So I was like, all right. I started wrestling. I started wrestling. I was like, man, this is like fighting, but without yeah. punching. Yeah, and I yeah. enjoyed it. And that was like my sophomore year in high school. And then uh, my junior year, I was like, man, this is, I, I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the contact and enjoyed working out. I wasn't getting in trouble in school anymore, really, because I was able to focus all my energy on, yeah. on, on this sport. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then by my senior year, I became an undefeated wrestler. Nice. I was winning national tournaments. And then at that point in time, I was like, man, I could go to college. Yeah. I could be something. I could do something else than being another statistic of ending up in prison. Man, w- w- you ever you ever stop and think, like, what if that wrestling coach didn't walk in that office at that moment? I would have been in prison. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Because the way I was going, uh, it was like prison, dead, or... Like, hey, he's undefeated wrestling in prison, though, bro. Yeah, I right? So I got you, the title on here, bro. You know, I, that crosses my mind all the time because it's like, what, what if, what if? But everything falls into position at a respectful time for a reason, yeah. you know? 
but it's up to to you as a person to make that right decision when the opportunity precedes itself. Yeah, be be open and like prepared and just like. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. You don't know when the right opportunity is going to approach. You got to take that opportunity and make it the right opportunity. Did you know it was an opportunity, or you just like, well, it's a good deal? Well, no, it was an opportunity. It was like, because my mom told me, saw you're badass. You're badass. You don't want to go to school. All right then. You go out, get a job, you pay for some bills, and you can live in my house. If not, get the hell out uh-huh. and pay your own stuff. And so at the time, I was like, I'm in ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, crap, man, my mom was serious. Like, I knew she was serious. So I was like, damn. I was like, either I go wrestle or I get thrown out of school and I got to go work for the rest of my life. And I was like, I don't want my mom to be mad at me. She already be mad at me because I'm suspended. But, she gonna, you know, now I got to work and do all this grown-up stuff. And then fast forward, UFC... UFC, just, just college, went to college. Well, where'd you go? I went to uh, I went to Cerritos Junior College in L.A., and then I went to Fresno State. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good school with uh, athletic department. Yeah, like they, they, they recently that. just got their, their wrestling program back, too, as well. Okay. Um, and so when I was done there, uh, a buddy that I used to wrestle with in high school, he went to a different school, Diego Sanchez, everybody knows him, yeah. Ultimate Fighter 1 winner. He was on Ultimate Fighter 1 when I was in college. I was like, oh, crap, this dude's doing it. And as soon as I was done, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And you said you, you know him from where now? From school. Oh. Me, he's one year older than me. In high school? In high school. He oh, wrestled wow. too as well. So he went to Del Norte High School and I went to West Mesa High School. So so, <clears throat> what is it about Albuquerque? Like, Why is it such a hub for, for MMA? It's the, the lead in the water we drink. <laughs> that's what it is? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's just, um, it's always been, it's like a small, big city, you know? Uh-huh. It's like, it's, we got about 600,000 people there. But it's not it's not like a big, big city like Houston. It's not a big, big city, you know, but it's 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 not a town either. Yeah. So everybody kinda knows everybody. Uh, so it becomes a, it's like a fight town. Uh, everybody's like, all right, everybody like kinda just fights each other. They see each other. It's like you can't go I can't be in North Houston and show up in South Houston and see someone that I know in North Houston and South yeah. Houston. Very, very rarely it's gonna happen. Uh-huh. But in Albuquerque, I could go anywhere in Albuquerque, I could bump into somebody from my side of town. Yeah. And so, you know what I'm saying? You might have, you might have pedal with someone from your side of town. You might be on the other side of town. You still run into them. Yeah. So, so the, uh, your coach and the camp, tell us a little bit about, about that. So, uh, Coach Greg Jackson, this, this is another crazy thing, is, is uh, he grew up in the South Valley. That's where my dad's from. Mm-hmm. And so he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a wero from, from the hood. Mm-hmm. And he just did a lot of stuff, uh, uh, like learned different crafts, karate, jiu-jitsu, all that other stuff. So he's, he's, he's a self-made uh, martial artist mm-hmm. and uh greg is just a, a phenomenal uh you know like like just just a person he's a very smart person and what, uh, what are some like quotes that you could tell me or some like like a little story or something about man that's greg that's some shit greg um, would say <laughs> he, he, this is funny he goes so like i said he's 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 a he's a weddle from the from the hood uh-huh. And so he tells me one day, he's like, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, some guy, some, a Mexican dude comes up to me. He goes, hey, you know Spanish? He goes, why? He goes, como verga? He tells him. And he goes, you know what I did? He goes, what? I go, what? He go, I went, pow, and I punched him in his face. God damn. <laughs> so he knew what it meant. He knew what it meant. <laughs> he punched him right in the face. So, so every time I see Greg, we start screwing around and, and joking around the South Valley, he goes, Come on, Vera. I'm like, yeah. I met him at, at your fight you had at the arena theater. Yeah, yeah. It was with uh, Legacy. With Legacy, uh-huh. exactly, exactly. Dope, dope. So, um, so what is your 
pre-fight ritual, like your routine? Like, tell me, like, the day of a fight, you wake up, what happens? I wake up, um, you know, I just get my mind right. Uh, you know, people, like, I think of it as war. Uh-huh. I leave mother and children at home. Mm-hmm. People around me don't enjoy me. Family doesn't enjoy me because, you know what? I'm at war. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who, who like, you think about World War II situations. They didn't bring their family with them. They, they had to do man stuff. This is my man stuff. So what I do is I kind of just get my mind right, get ready for war, you know, um, eat breakfast, don't eat too much because the body doesn't work correctly. You know, if you eat too much, it's because it's using all its blood and everything to digest food instead of focusing on what I have to do. Yeah. And so usually I just stay by myself, try to keep calm, try to focus on what I'm doing. And, and, and like, it's, it's, it's a dark place, you know, it's like... I do separate myself. Do you do from, any workouts the the day of a fight? Yeah, I do. I get my my uh, morning uh, blowout. What it is is come out, uh, work out, get a good sweat, get my heart rate going, and try to breathe kind of hard just to get everything, the machine running. Like flushing. Like yeah, flushing all that. Yeah, flushing all that stuff. I slept was sleeping on. You know what I'm saying? You're sleeping, your blood kind of sits. It starts building fats and stuff in certain areas in your uh-huh. in your veins. You got to blow them out. You know, just try to get the bo- uh-huh. body going. Like a machine. Like, like a, a machine. Like a Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. So so then you arrive at the venue, or, or weigh-ins are usually, what, the day before day the before, fight? Day before, 24 hours before, yeah. Now, that's that's another story. I cut about, about 14, 16 pounds to make 125. So that gets you down to 125? Yeah. So right now, what weight are you at? Right now, I'm about 143. So that's like your walk walk around weight, basically? I'm actually down right now because uh, I usually used to walk around about 149, 148. Uh-huh. But all last year, I went I went vegan. Okay. And so I was able to get my weight down. So right now I'm actually walking around 142, 143. So what is, what is vegan life like, man? Like what, you know, the questions, the, the main question is how do you get protein, bro? Uh, lots of veggies, man. Veggies, beans. You got to supplement with protein shakes here and there. Uh-huh. It was hard, you know, and then and the thing was I was on a 2,000 calorie diet too as well. That's almost nothing. For what I'm burning, so it's like oh, because you do a lot of exercise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody like I, me, that's that's pl- I'm storing that. Yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> me, I should be on a thirty-four to four thousand calorie diet a day. Oh wow, four thousand. Because I'm I'm burning so much, I'm working out three times a day, hard. Yeah. But wow. where I was, I was trying to lose body mass, so I was I had to be on two thousand. I had to be on two thousand, so my body could eat it, like the muscles could eat itself, sustain, uh, hold that new weight. So so this decision to like to say all right, you know. From being like a stocky little dude to like I, I don't want to walk around at 150. I want to walk around at 140. Yeah, you know? it's, a, it's it's just a lifestyle change, and you just gotta have like, like it, did you want to be more like just agile? No, I, I did it because uh, I, I got on the Ultimate Fighter show. Uh-huh. It was a it was this last one was uh, Tough 24. It's called Tournament of Champions. So they got champions from all over the world, from all different organizations. They put us all in one house, uh-huh. and so I knew I was gonna be there. I knew I was gonna have to fight more than once. And so, if I was walking 148... You're going to have to be cutting all the time. All the time. So, it was going to be hard for me to cut from 148, 145, 143. Down to 125. I'd be dead after two or three cuts. I wouldn't be able to do it no more. So, I was like, all right, I need to lose five pounds, six pounds of mass so it's easier for me to make the weight. So, now I'm only cutting from... When it's time for me to cut weight, now I'm only cutting 12 pounds, 11 pounds instead of... 15 or 16 pounds are you still vegan or no okay no, I'm do- but uh, i went the other way i went like the joe rogan style i'm doing like gay meat only now so, okay, so what is that like like deer elk yeah deer elk uh just I, I, bison so, but they sell that shit at the store no i gotta go kill it 
Oh, so you gotta go hunt. I gotta do kill it. But I got cousins to go, you know, go to the mountains and hunt and get elk and deer and all that time. Man, all that stuff. Uh, shit. So, so what do you? Um, so when you go out to do that, do you specifically say it's like a grocery store? Like today, I want some elk. Like nah, fuck that. That's a deer. Let him. go. <laughs> nah, you gotta get him. You gotta get, get what you can. you can. Yeah. Well, deer, you know, you probably get about two hundred pounds of meat out of it. And that, that man, how long does that last? Probably. Nah, a year, as long as you have it in the freezer. So you take it to like a butcher or something? Yeah, I take or? it to a butcher. Got a butcher friend, so you cut it all up. So boom, ask you what got you steaks want. and all yeah, that. Yeah, you got shoulders, you can do whatever. You can do, grind it out, make meat out of it, hamburger meat. Wow. And you're just like unfreezing it as yep, you go? exactly throughout the year. Man, so that, what is it, what is that called? The Joe Rogan? Yeah, Joe Rogan does it. He talks about it all the time. He goes, he goes and hunts, gets duck, he hunts deer, he cooks all his own he, he's probably out there like on lsd and he's on everything <laughs> he's on lsd he's on steroids he's on no hd he talks about that i, I heard his show's crazy he wow. talks about steroids he talks about he's very open about his his podcast wow. he's very open and and you know what's crazy about him man is um he does stand up he hosts like ufc stuff yeah like commentator host ring guy whatever and and he has, like, one of the top podcasts with these, like, two-hour interviews and shit. Yeah, and they're crazy. They're just, like, off the wall, and it's just talking shit about people. Yeah. All, and, and making jokes, you know, and it's, he does really good. He's, he's a funny dude, though. I give it to him. So, so was it hard making the vegan, like, you went, you went vegan, not even vegetarian? Yeah. So, like, no eggs? No, no. I didn't. I introduced, I went vegetarian about six months in. Just because my body got very depleted and I couldn't, I couldn't, my body couldn't support itself anymore. I was getting really tired. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Six months in. To Six it? months into my being a uh, a vegan. Oh, I you switched you to went veg- back to vegetarian. So I, I bought dairy. I didn't do eggs though. I didn't do eggs until actually till January this year. So dairy, you, you dairy. I did. Dairy. I incorporated okay. dairy, and that was it. Damn, dude. So so one one thing about like yourself and and just other athletes and MMA people. Is um, so much sacrifice. Like the yeah. av- the average American has to do uh, talk themselves into even getting on a treadmill. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess I gotta go to the gym. Like, yeah. you can't get them to jump rope. Or, you know, it depends. <laughs> I'm generalizing. Yeah. But but the level of like dedication and consistency and like mental focus to like you're hungry as shit. You 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 can't you can't eat the bacon that's staring at you or every or when people are around you like digging in. Yeah. Like. What do you tell yourself, man? You know like, what? I'm very like, I'm very headstrong. I, I like, I'm very stubborn, strong-willed, and I'm stubborn. It's, <laughs> that's the that's the Mexican in me. Yeah. Like, you know, who's dad? Everybody's dad's crazy and stubborn. My dad, my dad is, is the most stubborn person I know. My my dad, so I can't work with him. You know, like we can work together. It's the job's gonna get done, his way or my way, but the job's gonna get done. But if it's not done his way. He's yelling, he's pissed off at you. He's like, no, it's got to be done this way. It's No, it's not. you're doing it wrong. And then it's like, next thing you know, we're fighting, and it's like, all right, whatever, bro. He's tapping out. No, no, I'm the one <laughs> tapping out. I, oops, sorry about that. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'm the one tapping out because, you know, we just, you know, it, it's he's right when he's right, but he's right when he's wrong, uh, no he matter what. He's yeah. always right. He don't want to be wrong. No, no. That, that you know how like my dad. Yeah. He's, he, I'd never apologize. No, no. Yeah. No, no. I remember one time he goes, it's probably about like five years ago. And he goes, hey, you've had more, you have more stuff than I did when I was your age. And I was like thinking like, I think that was a compliment. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what that was? You're like, you, had to, you had to decipher it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Because you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, hey, you know, I'm proud of you. You did a great job. You know, you're doing really good. It wasn't that. I was like, hey, you, ha- you have a lot more stuff than I did when I was your age. Yeah. And I was like. Or like, what's his way of saying I'm sorry? Like, hey, uh, you know, uh, sometimes uh, people, uh, you know, people mess up. Yeah. He walks off. <laughs> yeah. like, what? Was he apologizing? Yeah. So so do you think, because um, what I want to do with my podcast is, um, is like try to pinpoint those really cool qualities about people, those difficult mm. difficult things to master so that whoever's listening could be like, oh, I, I, on the Demacia one, I took some notes. And, you know uh, what I was taught when I was in college? And so um, I had this one one teacher's name is Professor Guy. He, he's he's a guy who was like he was he was just a dick to me, man. He was just a dick, and I was like, why is this guy like this? You know what I'm saying? So I was in his I was in his uh, college writing course, and he and he comes to me at the end of the semester, and he's like, hey, I need you to go to my complex writing, and I'm like, but you gave me an incomplete. He's like, no, I want you in my complex writing course now. Like two or there's 101, and then I was like. The next one, 201, whatever that, yeah. I don't know what it is anymore. Because I need you to come in and do it in the summer. I'm like, crap, I need to do it because I need to be eligible for wrestling. So I have to take this class because yeah. I got an incomplete. That at Fresno State or? Uh, at the, my junior college to, okay. so I could transfer over. And I was like, well, I got to take his course. If not, I can't transfer. I can't be eligible for wrestling. Yeah. And so um, in his course, the first one, he goes, you have to do a 30-day plan. You have to do a 30-day plan to make it a habit. A 30-day plan. 30-day plan. Uh-huh. So say I don't want to drink Cokes no more. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm okay. I don't want to drink Cokes. So I go five days and I drink Coke. Guess what? My 30 days starts over again. Yeah. yeah. I have to do it for 30 days straight yeah. to make it a habit. Once you do it for 30 days straight, it should become a habit. Yeah, there's a there's a book called The Power of Habit. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't read it in a long time, but uh, it, it talks about stuff like that. That's yeah, cool. and so, yeah, you, you just got to remember... if. If you have a plan, you want to do it, you have to stick to it 30 days. If you break it within that 30 days, you got to start over with a day count. And um, do you think because you started, uh, you know, sports and wrestling and all that in high school, that that slowly started to kind of, like, mold you into, like, not freaking out when it's time to cut weight? Not freaking out? Because you've had, how many matches have you had in your life? Dude? Wrestling matches, I couldn't even count. I, I would have at least 60 to 80 matches a year wrestling. You know, and I did that for seven years before I even started fighting. And now I have 30 fights, you know, so that's that's lots of mat time, lots of fight time. Yeah. You know, but uh, I, I think where I started was just as a child, as an adolescent. My dad always taught me hard work. My my gra- my grandpa was a military dude. Uh-huh. So he's old school. Hey, you don't do it right. Give me the stick. Give me the stick. Yeah. And he, yeah. he'd smack my dad with a stick. You know, that's how I was raised, too, you know. And it was like. And my dad was like, you do it, you do it right, and you do it in a tam- timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I was always taught. Don't get me wrong, I, I did my bad stuff, but when it came to work, I was that was instilled in my head. This is how you do it. It's how it has to be done. And you have to do it in a timely like follow fashion. Follow through. And yeah. And so everything I've ever done in my life, it's like, I got to finish it. I got to do it. I got to do it to my best ability. So, so it was instilled to me as, as a young kid. But then as fighting and wrestling came, it became an inner burning to myself to be better yeah, than yeah. everybody i want to be better i want to win. do more i want to win yeah. so that work ethic transferred over to what i want to do yeah cool and uh was there a point in, in your uh, in your wrestling and fighting career where like 
you felt like things clicked or a light bulb went off. It's like, ah, I was doing this, but this this time I tried this. And when my when my mind is this way, you know, like um, I, I fight better when I'm relaxed or whatever the case may be. You know, I, I still can't get relaxed fighting. You know, fight's a fight. Yeah. You know, when people say, oh, I'm not scared, I'm all this. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Nah. It's, it's usually, it's usually the, the dumb dudes that are not scared. You know what I'm saying? When I go out there, I'm like, well, he's been training for 8, 10 weeks. I've been training for 8, 10 weeks. 10 weeks he's trying to kill me i'm trying to kill him this is real this is real stuff it's like so you better be nervous you better be a little scared if not yeah. you're you're dumb yeah you know yeah you need that adrenaline and you stuff. you need it yeah but but, but not late I, i'm not a fighter i compare it to like stand up like being on stage so yeah. like adrenaline's good but you don't want it to uh because your body works different when it's under yeah well adrenaline. you know you know yeah because if, if you're too relaxed and you're saying a joke the energy's too low it's too low and you don't know when you do your punchline you're like uh, but now if it's it's just right and and you're feeling the crown is going yeah. you know when to to drop to drop it you know I need to do my punchline right now because I'm yeah. feeling it yeah because when you're too relaxed you're not gonna feel nothing it's gonna be too you too, still need the passion you still have to have that like that energy yeah. yeah you gotta have it you know if not but I think that's in anything you do in life though it's like you have to have that passion do it if, if not you know like like I say like I told my girlfriend's son I was like I put him in wrestling this last year and he was like. Man, I suck, and oh, I don't know why I do this. He got all pissed off yeah. at himself. And I told him, I go, hey, Angelo, I was like, if you want to continue to suck for the rest of your life, keep on doing what you're doing. If you want to be better, put the extra work in and work harder. Mm-hmm. That's plain and simple with anything in life, whatever you do. Yeah. If you continue to want to suck and be where you're at in life, just keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing just fine. But if you want to be somebody, crank you, it up. You better crank it up. Get your mind right. So, so an hour before a fight, like, what are you doing? What's the process? Hour before the fight, I'm already starting to get warm. I'm starting to hit pads. I'm starting to implement game plan. We're we're doing combinations. What combinations am I throwing in the fight? Different reactions. Just really, just getting, you know, like you said, I'm a Lamborghini. I'm warming that sucker up. Mm-hmm. I don't just want to start my car and just start ripping it on the track. If I if yeah. I have this beautiful car, I'm gonna start it up. I'm gonna warm it up. I'm gonna make sure the tires are ready. Uh-huh. Everything's ready. I'm gonna start going around the track, slow pace, getting the tires ready, getting them warm, uh-huh. ready for this for the race. You know, and that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to get the body running correctly. So when it's time to go, it's like it's, breathing and then like breathing, do you visualize like visualizing. Mental? Yeah, you know, a lot of it's visualizing. You know, uh, I was told when I was in wrestling, actually, uh, my coach, Coach Lenny Lovato, he goes like this. He goes. They did a study on, on, on 100 people about shooting a basketball, shooting free throws. They, did, they broke it in half. They did one visualizing, then shooting their 100 free throws. The other one just shooting 100 free throws, then going out there and shooting another free throws. Or, I'm sorry, they had three groups, sorry. Mm. And the third group was visualize and shoot. Then they made them shoot their free throws. So the person that did, the group that did the best, the ones that visualized and applied, they were able to make more baskets than any of them than the guys who practiced shooting. So they're, they're visualizing it as they, no, right no, before? No, so I'm here, I'm, I'm right, visualize, shoot, make the ball. Visualize, okay. shoot, make the ball. Okay, boom, visualize, shoot, make the ball. Uh-huh. They made more baskets than anybody else uh-huh. because they visualized and applied. Yeah, I know a lot of like Olympians, uh, like Michael Phelps, yeah. people like that, uh, visualization, uh, probably like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like some bodybuilder. Everybody. You know, I, I got into situations like w- when you look at yourself, w- when, I, when I was wrestling and I visualized, all right, this is how the match is going to go. 
who in their mind ever visualizes them, them losing? Yeah. I've never visualized myself losing. I'm always seeing myself winning. I'm always seeing what position I'm in. All right, cool, I'm in a bad position. How do I get out of it? Yeah. And I always get out of it. Yeah. You know, you got to visualize, like, the good, the bad, but how are you going to come out of it? Yeah. I read that um, Michael Phelps, one of his coaches, I think it was high school or college, but they would tell him, go home, watch the tape, watch the tape. They didn't mean literally watch a videotape. They yeah. meant the tape in your mind of you, like, the gun going off and you jumping in the water and how many strokes does it take to get, like, count the strokes, mm-hmm. and, and, and boom, picture yourself winning. And he told him every night, watch the tape, visualize, visualize. So one of the, I think at the China, in the China Olympics, when he won, like, seven or eight, mm-hmm. however many, um, one of the races, water got in his goggles. So he was actually swimming blind, right? Mm-hmm. And luckily, he, uh, not luckily, due to preparation, he count. He already knew how many strokes. Cause one too many, you're hitting the wall. Yeah. One too uh, less, you 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 lose. You, you miss the wall. <clears throat> so boom, he did it. One and uh, looked up, took the goggles off, and new world record. He looked up at the thing, new world record. All all on on feel, all on rep repetition, yeah. all on visualizing and, and repetition. Yeah. How many tattoos you got, man? You run out of space. Uh, I know, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not done yet. I'm, uh, I'm probably going to do my whole body eventually. Just not my face. I like my face. But you'd be everywhere, right? Everywhere. Legs. Arms, legs. Uh, my back's kind of barreling. got one. I got a sun on my back. But I ended up getting uh, two, two new tattoos on my head. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I got... Uh, on the... What, what do you call the, it again? The Warhawk? The, uh, on the side of my Warhawk. Oh, okay. So uh, I got Billy the Kid because I'm a gunslinger. Uh-huh. I go out there and I sling the guns when I'm fighting. Oh, yeah. That's what I do, you know? And then I have a CS, you know... Uh, it's an old uh, saying from uh, the Zoot Suiters, Latinos, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? When during uh, the war and all that. Consafos? Consafos, yeah, yeah. Consafos. It means like with respect, you know. Uh-huh. You know, and so right now it's, um, it's a tattooers thing. A lot of tattooers, artists get a CS on them. And, you know, the only way you get it is with the respect from another artist. Uh-huh. You, can't, you can't be like, hey, man, I want to get a CS on my head. No, it's yeah. another artist like, hey, with respect, you know. I heard, um, I heard the slang... From like the zoot suiters and all the mm-hmm. pachucas and all that, I heard it somehow came from like gypsies and some shit like that. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know that part. But I know it was used during the zoot suit riots and all that stuff because the the military guys were coming back. And they were starting stuff with with the Chicanos. They were coming in there, starting fights with them, and so it became a term. Hey, consafos, like hey, with respect, like wherever you're going, your safe passage. Ah, uh, okay. I heard it was from graffiti too. Like, yes, yeah, well, it's a graffiti thing now. Yeah, yeah like it's if you put it, that means don't don't go over my. Yeah, it's respecting. Heart. Yeah, it's all about respect. All right, we have. Uh, okay, so where did the name Angel of Death come from? That one, um, I was actually fighting in Canada, and uh, I was fighting uh, Terry Quinville. Mm-hmm. A, you know, I just I had just fought his friend like two months before, and he was like talking all kinds of crap, like, "Oh, you beat my friend." I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you faster than you beat my friend. I knocked his friend out like a, a minute 30-something, minute 40. And then, um, so I ended up finding the guy. I ended up knocking him out 10 seconds faster than I knocked out his friend. Damn. And so I'm in the back, and this guy that was in, in our warm-up area, he's like, oh, my God, my friend. He's French-Canadian. Oh, my God, my friend. It's crazy, man. It was crazy. He was like, dude, you were like, kill the guy. You were like the angel of death. You killed the guy. And I'm like... Boom, dude, that's yeah. my nickname. Angel of Death. <laughs> so that's how that came about. So it was about my fourth or fifth fight in of fighting. Uh, the fourth, like professional? Or, yeah, uh, professional fight. Cool. Uh, 
let me see. We already talked about tattoos. Um, what what is your favorite training exercise? Like, say you're on the road, hotel, with your go to thing. Um, you know, just hitting pads, hitting pads. Um, that's about it. Just it, you know, you could focus movement. Uh, even just drilling, drilling some wrestling, drilling, drilling takedowns. That'd probably be my best thing. I don't like to run anymore because my body hurts. So. <laughs> Oh, from like jogging and all that. Yeah, I don't, I don't jog too much unless they got a curve. That's a, that's a cool machine. Oh, that, that's the thing. Dude. Yeah, you're, yeah, it looks it's, like a little U, like like a little U shape, and you're the motor as fast as you run, as fast as it goes. Ah, yeah. Or, or a bike riding. You know, I like bike riding. I took it into bike riding. Yeah, yeah. So I like I that. Oh, you see, I have this little yeah. bike right here. Um, let me see. Uh, out of out of you know mixed martial arts, which which form, which aspect is your favorite? Striking, I love knocking people out. I just dislike it. I just like, yeah, it's mixed martial arts. Yeah, it's everything. But I still think of it as a gentleman's sport. Like, hey, we're in a gentleman's duel. Let's duke it out in the middle when it comes out. But you so know, like standing, standing, yeah, striking, standing, striking is my favorite. Yeah, my rest, my background is wrestling, but I use my wrestling for keeping it standing. Ah, uh, so so it's well rounded. Yeah. So uh, you had you had commented on the. Um, what was it, Ronda versus Holly Holm? And yeah. Then, and then Holly, she just had uh, an upset. Yeah. Um, and she's part of your camp, right? Or yeah, she she's part of my camp, camp. yeah. Um, you know, that, that last fight was very controversial. That should have been a draw, the worst-case scenario. If not, Holly should have won the fight. Um, you know, she's in a rough patch in her career. You know, it's, uh, what is that, two fights, three fights in a row? I don't know. She's lost. So it's, it's she's, she's at the top of her game. Uh, but she's in a rough spot, you know. She got to figure out what she needs to do to be to keep on with the curve, you know. She's she's a hard worker. Don't get me wrong. She's one of yeah. the hardest workers in the gym. She's gonna put everything she has into the gym, but the curve now, you know, what I'm saying it's she has to keep up with the curve. Do you, Do you think um people start to like study a fighter? Like you have to like you evolve. have to you have to evolve. Like everybody knows me for my power. Everybody's like, stay away from his right hand. Stay away from his right hand because if they get hit with it, they're going to go to sleep. It doesn't yeah. matter how I hit you with it. Yeah. I hit you with it, you're going to bed. And so people are going to adjust to that. They're going to, you know, and so they know it's it, a smart fighter is going to adjust. They're going to game plan and, and and they're going to learn how to notify your strengths. And, you know, that's, that's what the fight game is. It's all about. You have to. If not, you're, you're never going to be anybody. Like just constant evolving. Yeah, it's like anything, you know, like us. If we didn't evolve, we'd still be monkeys, right? Yeah. You know, that's what the Joe Rogan says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so it's like Andy. You have to do, evolve to be somebody. Yeah, you have to evolve in every sport. You know, if you look at football, back in the '60s and '70s, or back when they had leather helmets, they were small. Uh-huh. Now these guys are huge, Monsters. fast, athletic, and they're 300, 360 pound guys. They can move like me and you. You know, J- well, like you, maybe not like me. <laughs> JJ Watt. It's the. Oh, uh, if you could fight one celebrity, who would it be and why? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good one. Donald Trump. I Donald Trump, right? Oh man, I never really thought about that. Yeah, that's a crazy question. That is a crazy question. I don't even know who. Do, who? Do, you know what? I heard Vin Diesel's a dick. Really? Yeah, that's right here. Yeah, knock his ass out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to write a book about yourself, what would you title it? Mm. My life, my struggle. My life, my struggle. Yeah, yeah, cons- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, that's a good one. That's another one I ever really yeah. thought about. Yeah, this is a shout out to uh, my podcast producer, Joseph. He, he came up with some of these. Yeah, that's some good ones. 
Yeah, I don't know what he Googled to come up with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, this is a weird one. If you could eat any food right now, what would it be? Elk. Elk, yeah, elk. Not some crawfish right now. No shit? It's crawfish boil weekend, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a place not... Oh, no, no. It's kind of far from here. Yeah. No, but they got it all over. Yeah, it's all over. Yeah, it. Yeah. Is it big in New Mexico, too? No, man. Ain't no swamp area. It's, yeah, because Houston... If we get it, it's like two, three days old, and you can taste the difference, you know? Yeah. Houston is obsessed with it, man. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, if they get it out of all these bayous and shit we have out here. Let's see. Um, who inspires you the most? Um, you know, uh, for the longest time, it was, it, was, it was my uncle and my mom. You know, mm-hmm. they rest their souls, both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just, my mom, just a hard worker. Um, she, she has eight uh, siblings. Uh, my grandma has... You know, actually, I think my mom has more than eight siblings, but my grandma has kids from uh, four different, you know, people, mm-hmm. and so my mom always lived a rough, rough life. You know, um, uh, she didn't have the best upbringing, but uh, she had a lot of problems with growing up. Uh, situations happened to her as a, as a child, and, and she would always tell me, you know, don't ever let anybody hold you down. Don't ever let anybody do anything you don't like. If anybody does something, you know, do something about it. You know, and and then she, she decided to do something with her life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I look back at my family. I'm not saying they didn't do nothing with their life, but they still kind of live in that same lifestyle. Or I have I have a tia that that she blames everybody and everything that would happen to her. But my mom lived in the same household. Yeah. But she blames everything on them, and so she deserves. She decides to live her life the way she lives, and it's not the most healthiest life. She. She has problems, you know. Yeah. My mom said, you can take anything in life and make it positive, no matter how bad it is. And if you do that, you're going to be successful. But it's up to you to break the mold. You have to break a mold. If, if you don't break that mold, you're going to fall in everybody's footsteps. You're going to end up in the same position, same spot you're going to be in. Yeah, reinvent, break the mold. You have to do it. If not, you're not going to be anybody. If it, if it wasn't for my mom and, and breaking the mold and doing something for herself, it, it wouldn't have gave me the opportunity to break the mold again. And keep it going. That's dope. Do you still have the uh, the, the kennels and the pit bulls? Still doing that? the dogs. Still doing the dogs. Um, got some cool dogs, man. Finally, got some cool dogs. Are they bullies, pit they're, bulls? They're bullies. They're bullies. Okay. American bullies. So it's a pit mix with all the other kind of bullies into it. Um, I got some cool dogs. I got uh, my old school guy. He, he's retired, though. His name's Gravel. He's a retired old man. But I have uh, Battletoad. I got uh, Sandman. And I got Bruce Willis. And... There's some cool looking. And dogs. You do like stud fees with all those. Stud fees with all those guys. I actually got litter on the ground. I got one pup left. Uh, I actually sold one of them to a a, a well known uh, stunt guy in in Hollywood. Oh yeah. And so yeah, he's he's picking one up here on the 18th. There's a lot of uh, you were in a film project, correct? I still am. I, I do stunts. Mm-hmm. I do stunts on the on my off time. I'm doing stunts for movies. I just did. Uh, I did stunts for Night Shift. I did stunts for. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, preacher. Uh-huh. I done uh, stunts for uh, Kingdom. Cause uh, there's there's a lot of filming going on in Albuquerque. There's a lot. Right? They call it Little Hollywood right now. Yeah. And I just did a big one. I can't really say, but I did a mm-hmm. big, big shootout scene. Uh, and a cool movie's gonna come out. So basically, like when you say stunt work, it's like it'll be a an action type scene where they need somebody to like fall or fly. Or yeah. Do something. Get crazy. shot. Hit. Fall in a car. 
fall, ah. hit on a window, break the window. Yeah, so what what are the techniques with that? Like, how to, like, make it look real but not get hurt? Yeah, that's <laughs> almost impossible. Not to, You're going to get bumps and bruises because, you know what I'm saying, you, you're, you're in a scene and they're like, cut. Others, you know what I'm saying, you got three different camera angles. So they do this camera angle, that camera angle. So you're taking the same hit over and over and over. You're doing it about 15 times before they're like, all right, cool, that's a wrap. And they're like, okay, well, I think we got the rehearsal down. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, all right, now we're going live, you know, because the scene we did, they went live. They had big old pyrotechnics. They had it where it was stuff was blowing up. It was crazy, you know. You could feel the heat. And it was, uh, you know, and those are the ones that you don't mess up because that those are live scenes where you're having live pyro, the pyro yeah. and, and they're saying hey each each takes twenty thousand dollars yeah so get it on the one yeah don't mess up we hey we you can mess up but you, you but shouldn't don't. don't mess up we can't do this more than three times yeah so get it done the first time yeah 60g is just on pyro yeah man so how'd you get into that i lucked out you know uh Actually, after we did our little film when I first met you, yeah. I got a call to do this uh, little TV show. It was called Easy Money, uh-huh. and they had me do a fight scene. Uh-huh. So I did that, and then so I, I qualified for SAG, mm-hmm. and then I did another fight scene for Kingdom a few years ago, and I, and I got my uh, SAG qualification, so I have my SAG card, so, my Actors Guild card. So that, that, is that a requirement to work out there in Albuquerque? It's a requirement for anywhere in, in, in movies. You uh-huh. have to have your SAG card. If not, you can't. You won't get SAG pay. You won't get nothing. You know, if if not, then you're like a, a subcontractor, uh-huh. so you get paid minimum wage. So when I go out there and I do stunts, I get a base pay of of, of nine thirty three a day, mm-hmm. or if I do a weekly, then it's around like around four grand a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm actually so I'm actually at at acting acting pay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Uh, Texas is a what do they call it? Right to work state or whatever. Yeah. So it's not like that union stuff here. So um, we just shop something out here in January and uh, an actor friend from LA was going to be involved in it but because she's SAG she's union mm-hmm. it, it would have got her in trouble cause yeah was- we can't we can't work for anybody that's not SAG so they send us emails all the time saying hey don't work for this company because they're not in compliance with SAG non-union yeah yes wow that's crazy man I need I need to get involved you need get some SAG man you got, you got a good personality too you can do some good stuff I, I could probably sneak you too, in, man. yeah. <laughs> hey, we could sneak into the country. We could sneak on set. So, yeah, I'm definitely trying to do more acting, man. So so what's next, man? What what should you tell people to look out for? Uh, you know, what's next is just uh, I'm, I'm a new business venture right now. I'm trying to get a fight promotion done, making out in Houston, hopefully. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Help somebody do something, fight out here. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to make something happen. Yeah, the promotion side is uh, is always good. Yeah. You know, especially for, like, in the fighting realm. Yeah, for sure, you know, but it's only one aspect, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it it could uh, it could feed me for a week, but I need to live yeah. for a year. Yeah, yeah, I got you. You know, like like Jesus said, I could teach, I could give the man a fish, but if I teach a man to fish, yeah, he'll never be hungry. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so last thing, let them know your your social media, where to keep, uh, keep d- track. You know, follow me, uh, Facebook, Instagram is Demacio Page. That's all it is, Demacio, D-A-M-A-C-I-O, last name Page, P-A-G-E. Hey man, much respect bro Uh, Thanks for stopping by the podcast Ladies and gentlemen, Demacio Page El podcast que controla todo Sin mamadas